let you do the intro this time. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Bad Pipes podcast. Today with me is Scott Kelly, and I, of course, am Andrew Weaver, the host with the goats. Something. We're here. This is Bad Pipes. We're here. This is Bad Pipes. Um, do we have any... I mean, I mean, we can just jump right into it. Do All right, ha- so do we have any- uh, normally we would have news and uh, it'd be like some cheerful stuff, but I got to be honest, I'm feeling pretty fucking cynical. Uh, celebration happened over the weekend and I'm just going to fucking get into it. You want to get into uh, the fucking by, celebration? By celebration, news? Andrew means Star Wars celebration. Star Wars celebration. Yeah. SWC. Yeah. And it was held in London. Which is a city. Across yep. the pond, um, in the old country. Yeah, we just get into it. Um, I heard there are a whole bunch of announcements. I didn't really keep up with it. You told me to look into some stuff. You know, I'm you know, All right, I'm, so I've been detached. I've been very detached. So let's get into uh, what I told you to look into. I told you to watch the Ahsoka trailer yep. and try to find the Acolyte teaser. Yeah, the Acolyte teaser, I couldn't really find. I saw some dude Disney reviewing it or like... ripped it down too quick. Yeah. Um, now, there's some guy who's kind of just like going over it and like some of the like... He had like screenshots and stuff up there. Yeah. Um, that he was talking about. I guess that they have the one actor from Squid Games playing a Jedi Master and he's like in the temple. He's training some... He's training some yinglings and he's like, hey, don't look with your eyes. They deceive you. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's apparently foreshadowing for the Sith being right under their nose the entire time. <laughs> Foreshadow- foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, and apparently Yoda's going to be there because Yoda is alive and in the council and around at this time. Because yeah. this is only this is a hundred uh, years before the Phantom Menace. Yeah, was so, it 100, 150 years? They said a hundred years. A hundred okay. years before the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't pay attention to the news anymore. I'm um I'm a broken man. They broke me. Brain broken. Um uh, no, not even not even that. I'm doing so good with seizures now. Me and yeah. seizures. It's been. Oh, as of today, yeah, today's the eleventh. It's, it's been like been a month. Hell yeah! Can we get a round of applause? Round of applause. Can we get a Let's can go. we get a round of applause? Yeah! <laughs> Woo. Yeah, I love that we found out. About that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we found the samples. We found, we found the, the sound bites, boys. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I I mean, I saw one like 480p fucking like 20 second teaser and yeah. uh honestly there's not enough to talk about uh, that's, that's what i was like he he was showing the clips and it was like am i looking at a person or a potato or like yeah. what, what is <laughs> it's this i cannot tell what my experience was um so yeah he was just kind of he was i mean he had some insight he was going over some stuff and like what like kind of his thoughts and like what it's going to be about like what they're going to be doing well, uh, i'll tell you I what can, it's going to be about I can, get, I can get behind it it's going to be about how the Jedi got infiltrated by the Sith. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it's going to be about. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Not excited about it. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this. <clears throat> They're staying too close to that same 
timeline. Like just th- let's go way back. Yeah. Let's get let's get out of this like let's this get feels out of this, like, like they made an entire show to explain why Yoda knows the rule of two. Yeah. Right? Because who was it? Darth Bane, I believe, mm-hmm. back in the day made the rule of two. And everyone's like, if it was a secret Sith rule, why does why does Yoda know about it? Uh, who cares? Okay? Someone tells him. I don't need you to explain to me with a whole fucking show why. All right? Can uh, you tell him I'm mad? I'm mad. I mean, it was Grogu. Grogu told him. <laughs> Grogu is a Sith Lord now. Grogu. No, dude, Grogu's walking the path of the uh, the original Mandalore or whatever, who's uh, going to be um, like, I'm Jedi and Mandalorian. Yeah. I am the rightful wielder of the Darksaber. I heard about some of that. That, that, was, that was what you sent me. You sent me that um, that reel from Instagram. Where they were oh, talking did about, I send like, a reel about that? Uh, I think it brought it up because it was like, oh, like the six plots, like the six different plots. Yeah, whatever they're yeah, doing yeah. within the Mandalorian, six different plots in the Mandalorian, and how like that—that's one of them that Grogu's gonna like follow down that path. Yeah, do that. Which Meh. is weird. Still haven't watched any of the season. And then apparently, well, we'll get into. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, they announced a movie. Uh, Daisy Ridley is being brought back to play Ray. Hell yeah! Bring back. Bring back, bring back the best characters from the best trilogy. And she, Do it. Bring, yeah, and bring she's them back. Going to be playing a Jedi Master herself. Fifteen God. years after the events of the sequel trilogy, can't we just, can't we and just... she is rebuilding the Jedi <sighs> Order. Can't, can't we just? She's rebuilding the Jedi no, okay, Order. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Nothing against Ray. She's taking Luke's legacy. Nothing. Yeah, nothing against Ray. She stole his name. I think she's fine she as a buried character. his lightsaber in the desert in the fucking hovel that his aunt and uncle got burned alive in, and then she's taking his job now. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing against Ray. Can we just get the fuck away from this timeline? Why are we so like? This is such a. No. There's so much history. There's so. There's such an ex, like. They could go way to this end or way to this end. We're stuck on this one little point in this timeline. Yeah. And we have to have all these stories to revolving around that work. one point. She failed. She didn't make everyone buy all their <laughs> merchandise. Uh, we could just be doing so much more. We're putting Funko Pops into the junk holes. Give us, <laughs> give us Old Republic. Well, that's the thing, right? Is They're not going to give us Old Republic. They're going to go they even farther back. That's another announced movie. Oh, God. Uh, James no, Mangold, now? who is currently, uh, his most recent work is the Indiana Jones 5. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against James Mangold. I believe he actually is a pretty decent dude, a uh, pretty decent creator of film and whatnot. Uh, but he's been, I don't know if they have a fucking, they got some blackmail on him or something to keep him like looped into Lucasfilm. But uh, he's going to be directing a movie set 25,000 years uh, before the, the Battle Jedi. of Yavin. Yeah. I just, I just scrolled to it. I, I'm looking at uh, a list of the like announcements from Celebration. Yeah. So and That's like the number two one. That's pretty interesting because uh, lightsabers didn't exist yet. Yeah, so weren't they... Uh, was, did they even have proto-sabers back then? They, I don't think they even had vibroblades back then. Oh, yeah. I think they had like cortosis weave swords at best. But even that, I think, is a later on invention because 
the whole Cortosis weave was to have a sword that could stand up to dueling with a lightsaber. They said, hey, Amazon did so well throwing it way back for Lord of the Rings. Let's do the same for Star Wars. <laughs> the idea of Amazon throwing it back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amazon really threw it back. Fucking uh, rings of power throwing it back. Yeah. Girl power, everybody. Um, I got to be honest. That's the only one that sounds half decent, but only because you're making a samurai movie at that point. Yeah. And could be kind of cool. Like it's going to be on the origin of the Jedi. Right. Mm -hmm. But what story is there to tell there? Nothing until the schism. So it's going to be like a schism story. Yeah. Where you get the birth of the Sith as well. Yeah. But at that point, they'll just be dark Jedi until they show up on the planet where the Sith people are. And then they enslave them and interbreed with them and, become the sith yeah eh. that you see in could like be, could be star wars the old no Republic but i mean it, like they're, they're at least doing something along what we want to do and getting out of this this small portion of timeline that we're stuck in with all of our stories which i get like but like my thing is like we don't need familiarity this the, just the entire concept of star wars like all the cool shit they have you don't need familiarity within the characters like you don't have to stick to these same characters and these same storylines and like all this shit right, you know, piled together on, on, on the timeline. Go elsewhere with it. We could do better. Have you seen the meme that's like uh, every Star Wars protagonist and they're all like a white woman with brunette hair and then they have like all of these. <laughs> so like Jin Urso, right, from Rogue One. Mm -hmm. Ray, uh, I can't remember who the fucking other ones were, but they're all circling Kathleen Kennedy, who is a white woman with brunette hair. <laughs> and people yeah. are basically implying that like she has self-inserted herself into uh, every damn. Star Wars movie. And that's why she's so dead set on making Ray work and be like the best character because it's it's her OC. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, next the third movie that got announced uh dave filoni will be directing the mandoverse avengers movie which is apparently six years away uh this plus ahsoka equals current era version of heir to the M i'm just reading my notes here they're the <laughs> the ravings of a madman this plus ahsoka equals current era version of heir to the empire thrawn the villain I don't know why I'm all capsing this in my notes here. Thrawn the villain, guaranteed, because what are the other options? The Emperor has returned somehow. Cloning, resurrection, these are secrets known only to the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost it. I've truly gone Thrawn, insane. Thrawn, heir to the Empire. I mean, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm frustrated that yeah. this is the way it's happening. Mm-hmm. I get why they're doing it this way because they can't have Han, Luke, and Leia be the ones who go through this because Han is, uh, I think he refuses to come back to Star Wars because he sees what a dumpster fire it's become. Yeah. Luke, uh, they won't let him come back to Star Wars because he's the only one that was like, guys, please stop. Don't do this to the character. And then Leia's dead. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, just like the uh, fucking prospects of me enjoying my favorite fucking franchise ever again. I mean, do, do you want to segue that that whole thing? Because like, I when I was watching the trailer for Ahsoka. That was what, like, everyone was big hype in the comments over, like, oh, Thrawn, heir to the Empire. Oh, like, my God. It looks so good. Yeah. It looks so good. I actually... I, the I, ship stuff looks good. Uh, the, the, very the lightsabers f- look like they're fucking... What is wrong with them? I, I don't Something know. looks wrong with I them. I noticed that. Then my other thing was... They look like fucking pool noodles. The opening scene to the trailer... I was like, I was looking at like the scenery around her, like the ruins or whatever she's like standing in. Yeah. And I'm like, why does it look off? Why does it look real, like hokey CGI kind of like? Because they've probably shot it the same way they shot everything fucking else on one of those round LED back screens. Yeah. And then they they stick some fucking uh, stuff in the foreground. So it ends up looking fucking weird. It's why the the... The city scenes in Kenobi have looked so fucking weird. It's why the fight between Kenobi and Darth Vader looked weird. Both of them looked fucking weird. Because it, they don't do things practically anymore. They they do this goofy fucking mix of, oh, we're going to pay for this, like, probably fucking hundreds of thousands who's of their, dollars hey, screen to be in the back. Real, real quick, who's their director of VFX? <laughs> Who? Who, who's Lucas in charge of the film? VFX? I don't know who's in charge of the VF, VFX for Lucasfilm because it, it's not the late. It's not. No, no, no. She was it's not the lady Marvel, from right? Marvel. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's not Victoria Alonso. I'm like, but whoever it is, they're next on the chopping block right behind her. <laughs> no, fucking Kathleen Kennedy's deadweight asses should be next. I don't yeah. know why they have her in charge still. You know, who honestly, who be the funniest charge? thing in all of this is like, wow. Sure is nice that all these things are gonna <laughs> be announced. I wonder what they're gonna cancel and then announce next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, who 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 would you like to see in charge? Who would I like to see in charge of all of this? Yeah, I don't know, man. Because like Favreau was doing pretty good, and there's all these rumors, right? Rumors of like Favreau. That's being That's who like, I always thought it should be. Just bring Favreau and have yeah. him run it. Well, the first season of Mandalorian, right, has like a lot of really hit episodes and then like a lot of miss episodes, right? Yeah. Um our friend Gage, right, is another guy who's really into Star Wars. I haven't talked to the dude in years, but like yeah. when the first season of Mandalorian was coming out, he from the onset was like, Yes, I'm all about it. And he he is one of those guys who I think is just like, Oh, new Star Wars. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Uh, whereas I, I'm cursed with this fucking critical brain where I'm watching something and I'm like, like the first few episodes of Mandalorian, I was like, there's something off with the music. Like the music highs are not matching the screen highs, right? Yeah. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm enjoying the show so far, but like there's something about the editing that could be better here. And... By the way, that's what I have to edit out of mine all the time is the, and I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally lost myself there. Uh, no, talking about the editing. Yeah, editing like the editing of the first season was not quite on point. Yeah. And that's something that has like been goofed up continually, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I, I feel like, well, in general, like, they're just, they're, we did it. 
we got Star Wars back. Now let's just pump out as much shit as we can. And it's like you're, they're taking quantity over quality. Like, yeah. Which is super fucking ironic because you want to know what Kathleen Kennedy said recently in an interview was quality first always. Yeah. Okay. Did I write it down? No. No, I wrote a different quote that pissed me off. We're going to have to talk about that later because that'll come in later. So I'm like, how long did we go? Like, like Star Wars was gone for so long. Like we, we, it wasn't gone though. We had the expanded universe and it was filling in the holes. We had, we had the expanded universe, which was great. And then said that they just, they just canned it all. I mean, my favorite, my favorite piece of Star Wars media is the Tales of the Jedi comics. Which I'm fucking talking about no, wait, every I episode. They, I thought now. they turned that into a show. I they turned Tales of the Jedi into a show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they did, <laughs> and it's not at all what it was. Fucking yeah. How do how fucking dare they rip the name off of like my favorite thing and then stick it on something that has absolutely zero to do with it? That's just telling me one hundred percent. This will never have an on-screen production of it yeah because we took the name from it already mm. um in, my thing is like you know i i don't consume quite that much star wars anymore you know kind of i do because someone had <laughs> someone has to hold them accountable right yeah like no, I just I, I we're I just, watching the American cinematic holocaust happen before our very eyes. <laughs> God, good God. <laughs> um, no, I just I don't know. I don't feel like I get any of those like like from the the new stuff they're putting out. I don't get that classic like feel good moment. Like the the feel good moments are like the badassery from the original trilogy, like. Even like even the even the prequel trilogy, you get some of that. Yeah, but it's like all this new stuff. Like I just don't feel it. Like I don't see it. Yeah, like even the goofier things from the prequel trilogy, like Yoda fighting Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, uh, if you're willing to ride with it, is a good scene, is a good sequence, because you've got Dooku whooping, <laughs> whooping Kenobi's ass. Whooping Anakin's ass. I mean, isn't that isn't that really the first time we see Yoda actually fight? I, I think it was I think, that scene. Yeah, that's it's that's, that scene, and then it's uh, him fighting the Emperor. Yeah, and then he's done. Yeah, we get to see him fight twice. But hey, you know what? Maybe an acolyte will get to see him throw down a little bit. You know, we'll get to see yeah, little flippy flips because he won't some... be nine hundred and fifty years old anymore. He'll only be eight hundred and fifty years old. So he's actually <laughs> a very young man at this point. Yeah, exactly. And in a hundred years, he'll die of old age. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck, dude. I'm so fucking pissed about this shit. And you know what the worst part is? Is like I'm looking at the trailer for Ahsoka, right? And there's a blonde girl in it who just looks like a version of a character that's in Star Wars: The Old Republic. And one of the DLCs, there is a like a Sith apprentice kind of character who's just a blonde girl who's pretty and she looks like her and like just the visual elements like they're not doing anything new and it's so fucking frustrating man 
Yeah. Like, you had Rogue One come out. It gave us Death Troopers. It gave us storm, uh, Shore Troopers. And that was, like, the first time we got, like, new Stormtrooper-looking people in years, right? Yeah. And then you get, like... I mean, I complain about this all the time. You got the fucking Chunky Boy Stormtroopers for the First Order. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, but then the Sith ones, make them red. They're just fucking red ones. So, like... <laughs> You didn't change the fucking helmet styles at all. You didn't do fucking anything novel or new. Yeah. It it's so fucking frustrating, man, that they're not doing anything new visually. And I'm just like exhausted. I'm exhausted watching these trailers because like I watched Rebels. Now you're making Ahsoka, which is just Rebels 2. Yeah. The characters were done, man. You could have done one more season of Rebels to explain, like, what happened to Thrawn and uh, Ezra Bridger, but, like, you didn't. And now we're getting this, and this is going to be that. Yep. And people are going to be generally... You're going to have, like, 50% of the fandom that's just, like, seal clapping, you know? Uh... God, I was so tempted to hit the applause button there. Uh, <laughs> just still clapping in the background like, uh, new Star Wars? Yeah. Yay! New Star Wars, you know? And then you're going to have the other half of the ha- fandom that's like, you're creatively fucking bankrupt. You're just taking the same shit and doing it over and over and over again. And you're not giving us new characters. You're not giving us new stories. You're doing the same fucking thing you did with the the sequel trilogy which is just remake the fucking old original trilogy where like <laughs> yeah. oh uh blow up the big th- round thing that's blowing up planets oh cool next movie uh, uh, uh fuck the next movie because it's the last jedi and it fucking killed it killed the fandom right it split people it destroyed the fucking star wars fandom hey, hey. then you get a third one where it's like Oh, the Emperor's the villain. You haven't seen him really until this point. And all of the rebel ships show up to fight all the fucking Imperial ships. And then they blow up the fucking planet again. It's not snow. It's salt. (laughs) It is salt. (laughs) And it's coursing through my veins. Oh, man. I mean, those are the announcements. Do you want to you, you do a little segment? I got on, one uh, more. Oh, oh shit. I got okay. one more. Uh-oh. Taika Waititi is writing a script for a movie. And this is a direct quote uh, that I have processed down from Kathleen Kennedy. He's writing the script himself. He doesn't want to bring others into the process. He has a unique voice. We want to protect that. Um, Taika Waititi, right? Known yeah. most recently for Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Uh, critical flop. Uh, financial flop. Uh, yeah, I didn't even see it. It's, it's probably got a decent audience score because Marvel fans are... <sighs> but here's the thing is, I, I know... Here's something you don't I, know. I know I'm about to Marvel fucking blow your mind about this. They don't Taika Waititi is making a live-action Akira movie. You've never seen Akira. I know based on your fucking look you just did, you've never seen not. Akira. It's on my to watch list. It's literally on my like 
my my watch like i need to watch it akira is one of the only 10 out of 10 anime movies oh yeah no i know i know like things from akira i know the bike like yeah you know the bike scene because it's in literally every anime now you get the big fucking slide yeah uh um the metascore for thor love and thunder is only a 57 yeah you know what that is in the american school system a fucking f it's a failure (laughs) um for uh yeah audience scores a 77 the critics gave it a 63 the critics were for once more right than these dick degrees Um, yeah, I gotta be honest. I don't have much faith in him as a writer. Uh, I've, I've told other people this Taika Waititi is really hit or miss. Um, Jojo rabbit. Wonderful movie. Very good movie. Uh, Thor love and thunder. Fucking terrible. Horrendous. I'm going to be honest. I know other movies he's directed. I know I've seen them and I cannot pull them to mind right now. Here's the thing is, you know, maybe he'll hit the mark on this one. Maybe he'll give us something new. Maybe maybe he's just like, I don't want anyone to fucking mess with my so. writing because... Because, like, the other thing that I know that he's made recently is, like, uh, fuck, it's that pirate show on, like, HBO or whatever. Pirate show. Yeah. And so it was, like, it's the gay pirate show. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's I, the only way I can des- describe it because if, like if that's is, what it is. If it this is, is the if, gay pirate show. If this is a show, I should be watching it because yeah, that's that's intriguing to me. You like you you gay like pirates. gay pirates? Yeah. Yeah. Then it's probably a perfect show for you. But it's like a goofy comedy. It's got a bunch of fucking actors I can't stand uh, in it. Is it Our Flag Means Death? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Our flag means death. Half the actors in it are phenomenal. The other half are terrible. Um, Shelby watched it. I know she liked it. I don't know if she liked it because she likes pirate stuff. Uh, She won't watch Black Sails, so that makes me think she doesn't like pirate stuff. I think she watched (laughs) it because it was a gay pirate show, and a lot of her online friends were like, we like it because it's a gay pirate show. Uh, If you like gay shows... You'll probably like it. I'm going to be honest. I watched like one episode and was like, this is not doing it for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I probably also know too much of the actual history of the, the characters involved in the show. So. Is it like actually historical? <clears throat> yeah. It's, it uses historical characters like uh, Taika Waititi is playing uh Blackbeard. Nice. And then um, the little red-headed New Zealand guy, I forget what his name is, but he's playing, um, fuck, another famous pirate. Is that, no, that's not him, is it? Who? Uh, there's Reese Darby. Yes, Reese Darby. Yeah, yeah, New Zealand. New Zealand guy. You think I don't know he's a New Zealand guy? He's a New Zealand guy. He's in Flight of the Concord. Yes. He's in flight of the Concord. So, so when you say this is a gay pirate movie, like they're actually just like <clears throat> they're like gay pirates. The whole point of the show is they were like, let's make a really gay pirate show. 
because for some reason in every other pirate show, there's not enough of them being gay. I'll have to give it a try. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll have to give it a try. This intrigues me. Yeah. We'll add it to it. I mean, a lot of people like it. It has, a, it has a 93, it, 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I don't think a ton of people have watched it, though. I, I was going to say, I've never heard of this. But yeah, 93% from critics and 94 from the audience. So. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Andor, right? Where it's a really good show, Yeah, but almost no one has watched it. Oh, yeah, let's okay. that one guy. I think that's everything I wrote down for celebration news, though. Um, I did write down some Rings of Power news. Uh, it came out that a horse died of cardiac arrest while they were filming. So Stop them. Stop them. The show has a fucking death toll. <laughs> <laughs> it has a fucking body count now. Um, the first season only retained 37% of its audience from the first episode to the last episode. You, you know what? When we were When we were on our drive here... And I was saying that I had something. That's what it was. It was that um, only that percentage, 37% of people like stuck with it. Yeah. And uh, my final piece of <laughs> news for that is that apparently there have been fires on set for season two. So that's, uh, if anyone knows anything about building sets, uh, that's that's expensive. Yeah. But whenever you're Amazon... And you have, quote, more money than God. <laughs> uh, you know, just throw some more fucking money on it, and that'll uh, that'll fix oh, the problem. That'll you, make the writing better, and it'll make people like your show. You know what my other thing I was going to bring up was? No, um, I don't. The new HBO series. What's the new HBO series? The, the, new, the new old Harry Potter series. The new old Harry? Where they said, hey, the you movies. You mean they're remaking yeah, the Harry that, Potter Yeah, they were like, oh, yeah. I'm fine with that. Really? Yeah, I don't care. I was like, why Why are we wasting time with that when the movies the movies did it well enough in the first place? We don't need to rehash this. Like, why are we just redoing all these? I because said... Because now you can kind of do what, like, I guess you Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood did, yep. and you can put emphasis on different events. That's fair. Because all of the books are out now. Yeah, because my thing is, like, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll probably watch it. It'll be great. Um, the other thing was... I feel like it would have been cooler to do like a uh, like OG Order of the Phoenix group sort of people. Like give us like. You yeah. want a prequel to the Harry Potter Yeah, movies? give us a prequel. Give us the original Order of the Phoenix. Like you want to see. Uh, Sirius Black. <laughs> you want to see Young Sauron's Sirius rise Black. to power. Sauron's and then how power. he kills all the muggles. <laughs> Sauron's rise to power. <laughs> Yes. You want to see how Sauron rides his boat up to the elf bitch and is like, get on. <laughs> get on, honey. We going ring making. <laughs> he said, uh. I came on ready to fight. Can you feel said, it? He said, I've got a fucking antagonistic said, energy today. <laughs> he said, Galadriel, you're as wet as a river rock. <laughs> he said, get on, elf bitch. We going ring shopping. <laughs> Um, all right i got one more piece of lucasfilm news uh they said indiana jones 5 is the last indiana jones movie really did yes. they say that about the last indiana jones movie i don't know what was the last one the crystal skull crystal skull 
What's this one? Something. Uh, Dial of Destiny. Dial of Destiny. Dial up phone of destiny. Have you have you fucking watched the trailer for that? Nope. Doesn't look good. I mean, I why like why do we? There's need a point one? where Phoebe Waller Bridges character is standing there around a table and she's like, "You stole it from him, and he stole it from you, and I stole it from you." That's capitalism, baby. <laughs> and I about went, what the fuck is wrong with people? Why in a show that's taking place in like the fucking 50s or 60s are people complaining about capitalism? Yeah. Everyone, every red-blooded American at the time was gung-ho for capitalism, oh, all right? Yeah. There was like a minor vocal minority that got fucking imprisoned by McCarthy <laughs> for not liking <laughs> capitalism, all right? Like, it's just fucking absurd. Why can't movies be works of art anymore? You know, where you're like, oh, this is something that I would like to make to stand the test of time. Instead, we're like, insert modern day politics. Wait, how did I not know this was like coming out so soon? It's literally dropping in June. Like June thirtieth, it comes out. Yeah. I I had no idea they were even doing another Indiana Jones. <laughs> you didn't know they were doing another Indiana Jones? No. Okay. Well, this will blow your mind. They had also announced that they were doing a Disney Plus series, uh, which I think was supposed to be in the vein of like the old young indie show. So it's like, you know, kid Indiana Jones getting up to his hijinks or whatever. Yeah. And I think it was supposed to be like that. You're talking about like, so like Uncharted. <laughs> like Uncharted. What, like, like Uncharted, like the, like the Sony, like, you know, the Sony series Uncharted, you know, that, that they made, they made a movie out of on Netflix with Tom Holland. And he's like young Nathan Drake. And he's like this adventuring guy who goes out and he like, he's a treasure hunter. He's going to find treasure. So it's like, Uncharted. You mean that movie with the guy that opened Wahlburgers? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you mean the movie with the guy that opened Wahlburgers? I have no idea what that is. Mark Wahlberg? Oh, 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 he was in that. You know, Bro, see, you've never been to Wahlburgers? No, I've never Dude, been to Dude, we gotta to drive to fucking Orlando and go to Wahlburgers. Is this, a, is this a real thing? Are you fucking kidding me? You don't know about Wahlburgers? No, I don't know about Wahlburgers. Bro, we gotta go get you a fucking Royale with some government cheese, brother. This is a real thing. It actually kind of looks good. It's not bad. Chorizo Jam Burger, that shit looks fire. The only ever, uh, the only time I've ever cried from eating food was that time I went up to Tallahassee and we went to that burger place and they had the, the it was like a strawberry, uh, strawberry jam and peanut butter on a bacon double cheeseburger. Yeah, and it was that weekend where for some reason I was like, hey guys, I'm just gonna stay well buzzed. I'm not gonna get <laughs> drunk all weekend, but I'm gonna be buzzed all weekend. Yep. And I cried because it tasted so good. I was uh, like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Mid Midtown Caboose, that was the place. Midtown Caboose. I wonder if they're even still around. I know a lot of places closed down during the pandemic. Hopefully they survived. That place was 
good. They were. They always. Oh, have. you know what? They had Founders Breakfast Stout. Yeah, that's why they, I was well buzzed. They are still open. They're still around. Well, I guess we can drive up there after we go to Wahlburgers. So we'll go to <laughs> Wahlburgers at like 11 wanna, in the morning, and then we'll drive all the should, way up to Tallahassee. We'll eat there, and then we'll drive straight back. Should Should we just do an entire like like YouTube series where we just do like a burger tour of Florida? <laughs> where we cycle we just around. Road trip. Oh, you're so, so, I was just saying, we just, we just road trip it, and we just straight up like we just the burger tour. That'd be fun. That'd be kind of cool. That's I, you know, I think it's a good idea. I think we should, people we should watch plan that. it. I would watch that. Yeah, if it was me, because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, guys. I'm not a narcissist. I have a healthy appreciation of me. The the great burger tour. All right. Did you watch any other movies in the past two weeks? Fuck no. All right. I did. <laughs> uh, oh, I know you watched D and D Honor Among Thieves. I saw that. So this. Uh, they were doing really good. They had a good opening weekend. Yeah. And then Super Mario Brothers came out, and that fucking ate everything. Uh, was it good? But D&D, it actually fell off to the point where... Um, John Wick 4 over overtook it again. So oh, it's shit. kind of interesting. Was it good? You're looking for a real subjective sort of statement there. Was it good? Did I enjoy it? I had fun. Do I think it's a good movie? I think it's the best D&D movie that's ever been made. And that's coming from a guy who's seen every D&D movie that's ever been made. Okay? Nice. I even saw the straight-to-DVD choose-your-own-adventure movie mm-hmm. back in the day. All right? I've seen them all. They're all dog shit. <laughs> this one, you could watch twice. Oh, shit. Okay. Is it good? No. <laughs> it's just the best D&D movie. <laughs> if it was on FX, would you watch it? Yeah, you would. So you're saying I It's I Sunday should... afternoon. You're flipping through TV channels. <laughs> you see that it's on TNT. You're saying I you shouldn't would go spend it. the money. Uh, I don't know. Because honestly, I've been enjoying sitting in movie theaters watching movies again. Yeah. I usually do. Now, now, what about the Super Mario movie? I'm not done. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> Had a budget of about 150 million. It opened to uh, 38.5 uh, domestic, about 71 and a half uh, globally. This is this is D and D, right? <clears throat> yeah, D and D. It's been pretty well reviewed. Good audience scores. Um, at the time, I had written most of this because I thought we were going to record last week, but we didn't record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just talking about like the opening weekend and how generally it had done much better than most people had thought. Did, it did you say it cost one, oh, wait, uh, 150 million to produce? About 150 million. And they still haven't hit that number yet. No, but that's, I mean, that's expected. It'll probably take a few weeks for them to get close. Say, they're at 63 as of right now. Domestic? Uh, should probably look up global. Um, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to be honest. I did like it. Uh, there were parts that I truly laughed at. Um, oh, there it is. Total, total. I no, do please. wonder how it hasn't been critiqued for certain jokes more vocally online. 
Um, I think there was something that happened before the movie came out in the promotional stuff that I think really mm-hmm. fucking tanked this. What Two things, I should say. One, Hasbro, Wizard of the Coast, the OGL debacle. Yeah. The oh, yeah. One gaming license debacle. I think that fucking hamstrung this heavily. Yeah. A lot of people were like, I'm boycotting this because I'm never buying something that Wizards of the Coast has touched ever again. Hasbro specifically. Yeah, and Hasbro. Uh the other thing was that uh some people working for the film, I can't remember who the fuck it was. I if it was the writers or directors or what. But the quote was something like, we enjoy emasculating our leads. Um, Those comments, I think, truly fucked up online perception of this movie. Yeah. Uh, There are still people making videos about how this movie has not done as well as it has because the writers emasculated the leads, which is not true. I'm telling you as someone who watched it, as someone who uh, looks for that sort of fucking nonsense in shows and movies nowadays, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Chris Pine's character is a bard. He never vicious mockeries anyone, but he does (laughs) play the fucking uh, loot, and that's fun. Um, He's not my favorite character in it. None of, like the main party are my favorite characters. My favorite character was a paladin who shows up for like a couple sequences and then leaves. And he is, I think why he resonates with me is because he's the way that I try to play paladins when I play paladins, which is like Mm -hmm. over the top, (laughs) like i'm a very good boy i do the good thing the holier than thou paladin no no no, not holier than thou just i'm a very good boy and i do the right thing and i think that it is in you to also do the right thing Uh. right so like that's the kind of character that i typically that wasn't tancred when i played tancred because my whole my envision for him was paladin who falls and becomes like the most bad boy of bad boys yeah. uh but when i play paladins i'm typically like oh you think that religious characters are like manipulative and like trying to get everyone to join their side no it's just a dude who knows what he believes in and is a very good boy uh and like his character i truly was fucking laughing at several of the things that he said and did mm-hmm. um not everything i mean i didn't laugh at everything that was in the movie but uh it it had legs you know i thought it was enjoyable honestly if you bought me a movie ticket i would go see it with you i would not buy another ticket <laughs> but that's because <laughs> my financial situation has changed fair fair <laughs> um so yeah, final verdict. I want to say like a solid eighty. Uh, Not bad. It's pretty, pretty straightforward, heisty kind of movie. Nice. Glad they finally Super got one right. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Did I write notes for this? 
I don't think I did. Uh, Super Mario Bros. is is currently the second, the the number two movie of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's the highest opening animated film of all time. That's fucking wild. Yeah, it beat out Frozen 2. Thank God someone has kicked that bitch off the throne. (laughs) I don't know. Look, I get that kids liked that movie, but have you ever watched that movie? Nope. What is the fucking plot? No idea. What is the... I saw Frozen 1, but I never saw Frozen 2. Why can't kids have villains in movies anymore? That's what I don't get. That's another thing about this movie. I have seen so many critiques of this Super Mario Brothers movie, right? Where people were like feminist type critics are like, sorry, I think I just punched my mic there. Give me a second. I'm going to edit this out. All right. I've seen so many, (laughs) I've seen so many, uh, like feminist type critics that are critiquing the fact that Bowser is trying to force Peach to marry him, right? Is like, hey, I got this like superstar, marry me. If you don't marry me, I'm going to destroy your kingdom. That's just typical Mario. That's just typical villain behavior, right? That's something you would expect of the big, bad, evil dragon, right? I'm like, that's that's just like how it's always been, like, Mario was always like Bowser kidnaps Peach and tries to force her to marry him. And then you as Mario have to save her. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will say, if you're familiar whatsoever with like Mario games, there are a shit ton of references in here. Um, I don't know how many Shelby got because like there were a few where I would laugh and then she'd kind of look at me and then I'd be like, there's a game called super Mario galaxies. That's why I laughed at that because someone said there's a lot of galaxies out there. And then I laughed and went, there's a game (laughs) called super Mario galaxies there. This is, I saw someone else online who was like, does Super Mario Brothers movie prove that fan service, the movie, can be successful? And I'm like, dude, have you motherfuckers not been watching Marvel for the past 15 yeah. years? <laughs> like, do, is fan service work? Yes. That's why people fucking hated The Last Jedi, because it shat on everyone's favorite characters. Are you texting someone right now? No. Get off your fucking phone. Who are you texting? No one. Let me see. I wasn't texting anyone. Were you texting a girl? No. You were texting a girl, weren't you? Read it to the class if it's so important. Oh, now you're reading text on your watch. Uh, It was a text. It was a notification. You're reading text on your little fucking spy kids watch. It was a a notification. You're in trouble. Yeah, sorry. I didn't bring my analog timepiece with me. You're in fucking detention. You're in the fucking detention dimension. Oh yeah, that water, that 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 sip of water is going to be in the uh, audio there. Oh, that sip of water is going to be in the audio. Oh yeah, that sip of water is going to be in the audio. How do you feel about this sip of fucking coffee? 
is that going to be in the audio? Am I going to edit that out? Gregory. <laughs> Fuck. Mario was good. I enjoyed it. Also, another solid B. It's a very straightforward plot, but it gives the fans like everything they're looking for. Uh, this is yeah. a funny movie because if you look at Rotten Tomatoes for it, the numbers have probably changed a little bit right now. But the last time I looked, it was at like 53% score from critics, and it was at like 93% score for audience. Now, here's what's funny. A lot of the critics that I've seen have been like, this is a very basic plot. They just, they go and they... The princess gets in trouble and Mario saves her. And there's no like meaningful theme and there's nothing thought provoking. And it's like, hey, motherfucker, it's a game based off of a fucking side scroller where your character runs through the fucking level, jumping on turtles and then grabs a flag. And after <laughs> you do 10 of those, you show up in a castle where the princess is at the top, you climb to the top of the fucking castle, and then it, she fucking flies away with an enemy, and then you gotta beat the fucking lieutenant who's sitting at the top of the fucking castle. That's the plot of the games. <laughs> what do you think the plot of the movie's gonna be? Um, yeah, it's currently 57% from the critics. Oh, it 90, went up. 96%. 96% it went up on both sides. From audience. Here's some of the here's some of the rotten critic uh, reviews. Just uh, just you know paraphrase. The whole package is a deranged mishmash of overstimulating events, a frantic Easter egg hunt of a film that does the bare minimum to please its loyal existing fan base. What it seems to have forgotten is creating an engaging story. It's bland, uninteresting, and cobbled together. You know what's interesting is that if I was like a 10-year-old kid, I would watch this movie on repeat. Oh, yeah, probably me too. And I haven't even seen it, but like, yeah. Me as a kid, I would have ate this shit up. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I do have one major gripe with the film. What? Seth Rogen plays Donkey Kong, and he fucking sucks. <laughs> Seth Rogen fucking sucks. He even does his stupid fucking stoner laugh. He's driving. Uh, he fucking swerves no. at Mario. Mario swerves out of the way and gives him a little look, and then he goes... <laughs> and I'm like, I, I literally fucking groaned. I was like, why? And he, dude, like everyone else is trying, right? They're trying to make the characters sound like updated for this movie. So it's not like, ho ho, it's a me, a Mario. You know, it's like, oh, it, a Luigi, uh, um, you're my brother. Look, you know, I, I, and even that's too much. It's a very subtle accent that, uh, Chris Pratt does, but, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is literally just like, ha, ha is me, Seth Rogen. Ha, 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 ha. I'm making my pe pecs dance or however he fucking talks. God, I fucking, I fucking hate Seth Rogen. <laughs> he's in fucking everything now, dude. He's in fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's ruining fucking everything, man. It's just Seth Rogen. He sucks. <laughs> I'm kind of indifferent about him. Although I don't really watch a whole lot with him in there. I will say, though, Anya, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. Yeah. I love her. She's great. Yeah. And they kind of make Peach's face look like hers. Yeah. Yeah. Notice that. I thought she was good. I've heard a lot of people go like, oh, she like she just sounds like 
the character and that's it. And it's like, I mean, you, what you're like, dude, you're playing characters that like in the games don't fucking talk. They just make noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. They don't have fucking conversations in the game, you know? It's not like it's not like Mario walks up to Peach and Peach is like, Oh, hey Mario, haven't seen you in a while. Oh, a p- a Princess Peach, you're looking very pink today. <laughs> Would you a cup of my balls with your lips? <laughs> Like, what the fuck do you want, man? Like, it's a Super Mario Brothers movie. You know what's fucking deranged, to use a word from that fucking review? Yeah. I've seen people... I saw Polygon. Porygon. Polygon. Who's that fucking website? They got the stupid fucking articles all the time. I saw a Polygon article today saying that comparing this movie to the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie... And look... There is no bigger proponent of the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie than me, okay? I love it more than anyone else on this godforsaken earth. I will fucking fight anyone who says that they love that movie more than me. I'll fucking fight you at the 7-Eleven on International next to the fucking Taco Bell in the parking lot, okay? I'll fight you at fucking 4 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, okay? If you think you love that movie more than me. The, The 1993? Yeah, and Polygon, <laughs> this fucking Polygon article is going, at least the 1993 movie had the balls to do something different. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That movie is almost unwatchable if you're not fucking deranged. <laughs> Pull up the Rotten Tomatoes for the 1993 oh, I did. Super Mario hey, Brothers it's movie. it's a perfect... Perfect score across, like like across the board, critics and audience. It's exactly the same. Twenty nine percent. Twenty nine percent. Two thirds of people who watch that movie, more than two thirds of people who watch that movie, think that it's dog shit. That it's fucking hog water. I love it. I love it. I unironically love it. Bob Hoskins. Oscar winner Bob Hoskins playing Mario. John Leguizamo playing <laughs> Luigi. You got... Dude. No one loves that movie more than me, okay? <laughs> I wore the fucking tape out on the VHS. I love that. You cannot so tell me that objectively that movie... Dude, Polygon was trying to say that that movie was better because it had the balls to do something different, that it was a better movie than this Super Mario Bros. movie, which just gives the audience what they want. Why is it such a fucking crime for, for critics for a show or a movie to give the audience what they want? I don't know. Like, dude, you've got like... You got like Star Wars Theory, one of the biggest fan channels for Star Wars on YouTube, that whenever the fucking Luke Skywalker episode happens in The Mandalorian, he shows up, cuts down all the droids, shows up, takes Grogu, 
uh, leaves, you got him crying because he thought he would never see Luke Skywalker acting like Luke Skywalker again. Yeah. And then you've got the head of lore for for Lucasfilm, for Star Wars, this fucking Hidalgo guy. You can pull... I don't know what his actual fucking name is. It's like Pablo Hidalgo or something like that, who goes... You can probably find the quote. It's Pablo Hidalgo. Where he goes, like, emotions are not for sharing. Like, making fun of this dude for, like, crying because he loves a fucking franchise. He loves a character so much. A character that, like, you're in charge of. Um. Imagine, like, an official person from Lucasfilm, an official Disney employee making fun of you for loving the product. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a whole, um, there's actually a whole page. Like, it, uh, there's a Know Your Meme page uh, surrounding something called The Emotions Are Not For Sharing Star Wars Controversy. Yeah. And it's relating to uh, yeah, a tweet he made where he replied about, uh, he replied to a tweet of the video uh, saying, emotions are not for sharing. Like, how fucked up is that? Emotions are not for sharing? And you're like, dude, you're the guy. That's the dude in charge of the fucking lore and story for Star Wars. All of the, the High Republic books that have been coming out, he's the dude that has the final say on whether or not those stories get made. Yeah. You want to know what has, like, undersold every fucking Legends book? The products that he is saying are okay. He's, dude, do do you remember this? The fucking controversy whenever the High Republic stuff was getting announced that there was a rock, a sentient rock that was the navigator on one of these ships? A sentient rock. Sentient rock. Don't need to buy the merch. I've got it outside my door. (laughs) I've got a fucking rock outside my door, man. Like, they're so... Oh, my God, dude. Like, nothing they make. They take the names off the old shit that was fucking cool. Tales of the Jedi. The Sith and the Jedi at war with each other. Ideological differences that force them into conflict. They get rid of that so they can make stories about sentient fucking rocks navigating on ships. And now we're getting another Ray movie where she's rebuilding the Jedi Order. Yep. I'm so disgusted with the direction that they've taken my franchise, man. It used to belong to us. I gave the up. fans. I gave up. I gave up long ago. And they took it and they fucking fucked it to death. I remember being in my eighth grade English class and we had a fucking project that was like, who's your hero? You know who I wrote? Who? Luke Skywalker. I wrote Luke Skywalker because he chose to do the hard thing. He laid down his weapon and convinced his father to turn back to become a good man. 
to do the right thing, to do one last good thing before he dies. That's the character that Luke Skywalker was. He was going to die. The Emperor was going to burn him to death with lightning. And his father saw his self-sacrifice and remembered that that's who he used to be. And he performed one last self-sacrificial act. You can't have that anymore. And so Luke doesn't get to be the person who rebuilds the Jedi Order like he was at the end of... Oh, God, dude. Like, we haven't even gotten to that movie yet. But, like, like that's how that story ends. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's heartbreaking. It's truly heartbreaking. Like, if I sit here and think about it too much, like, I'm just sad. I'm just sad that, like, I don't have that story anymore because they fucking ruined it. Yeah. Like, I know people that are like, I can't even watch the original trilogy anymore because I know what they do with the characters in this next sequel trilogy. Like, there are people that I know that will not watch any Star Wars movies anymore. They fucked it all up. I've got two pages of notes here on episodes of The Mandalorian, the last two episodes of The Mandalorian, and uh, I've got half a page on The Empire Strikes Back just because, like, I mean, we're doing the, like, watch through, but, Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't even feel worth it anymore because... They're just fucking bastardizing everything, you know? Yeah. Like, Empire Strikes Back, one, (laughs) it won Academy Awards for sound mixing, original score, production design, and uh, it got a special achievement for visual effects. Um. Lucas uh, pushed very heavily for Frank Oz, who plays Yoda, to get a to be nominated as a best supporting actor. But the Academy was like, we don't see puppeteers as actors, so they were like, nah. And ultimately, Frank Oz was like, nah, I don't really care. Um, mm-hmm. Which is it's funny, though, because, like, Lucas was pushing so hard for it. Uh, this film was also an independent film. Um, it was produced for $18 million between profits that Lucas had from A New Hope and he got a loan. Uh, he fought Hollywood practically the entire way to get this movie made. Yeah, uh, He ultimately left like several of the the movie guilds right so like writers uh screen actors like all that stuff uh which was decisions that would affect him for the rest of his career um ultimately like 
him refusing to back down on several of his creative decisions uh, led to him and Kirshner, the director, being mm-hmm. fined nearly a quarter million dollars. Jeez. Uh, some of these things were as small as putting the credits at the end of the movie. Hmm. So when they made A New Hope, or Star Wars, back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, it opens with the crawl, right? The legendary Star Wars crawl. Yeah. And the credits are at the end of the movie. They had to fight to do it that time. And they they were allowed to do it. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to do the same thing for yeah. this. Keep it. Yeah. And they were like, well, no, you got to put the fucking credits at the front. And Lucas was like, no. Like, yeah, let us do it before. Let us do it this time. And they ended up getting fined for all sorts of shit for nearly quarter quarter million dollars, which that was back then money, too. Like, I'm sure yeah. that's oh yeah, much more nowadays. Um. I'm going to be honest. I found this movie very pretty. Hoth is very pretty. You see all these yeah, like sweeping shots. Great, great opening sequence. Um, Done very well. Fucking dude. AT-ATs are legendary. Yeah. I remember having them Lego sets for those, building those. I think they were just like the coolest fucking things ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like, it goes back to what you're saying. Like just introducing us to some new shit. Like, yeah, ATATs. There's some shots of like the ATSTs in there. Uh, I guess he pulled out a bunch of the shots of the ATSTs, though, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. He said he didn't want as many of those as there were. Huh. Um, I mean, we even get you know we get the the tauntauns, tauntauns the whole interesting know. the wampa, yep, the which. Wampa. If you're watching the the Disney version, that's some expanded scenes because originally it was just like a puppet and they yeah. cut things kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some interesting things cinematically, like whenever Luke uh, pulls the saber out of the, the snow or the ice, I guess. Yeah. Um, the way they did that was that he throws it and then they reverse the shot. Uh. Um. So that's kind of interesting. Huh. <clears throat> uh, once again, the first time you see a lightsaber pulled out, it <laughs> uh, what's the fucking word? Delimbs a creature. Oh uh, yeah. Cuts another fucking arm off. Amputates. Um. Yeah. So he takes the Wampa's arm off at the end of the movie, at the end of the lightsaber fight. The fight ends because his hand gets taken off. Uh, every time you see lightsabers, a limb, a limb, a limb gets, comes off. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have Luke getting saved again. Yes. By Han again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke gets saved by Han. Um, it's another example of they lose and lose and lose again. I, I literally wrote, they lose and lose and lose again. Hoth uh, getting captured on Bespin. Uh, Luke doesn't win once. The closest he comes to having a win in this movie is when he blows yeah. up the, the AT-AT. Yeah. Um, which is ultimately a loss. Like, he wins the battle, loses the war. 
he blows up the AT-AT, but they take Hoth. Um, it's a subversion of the heroic fantasy genre. Uh, Luke doesn't win once. He comes up short constantly and learns that uh, his overconfidence is a flaw. Um, like, what's one of the first things he says when he fights Vader in this movie? You'll find I'm full of surprises. Yeah. Just full-blown overconfidence. Because not only is he not the one full of surprises, uh, his his I mean, Vader defeats him and at his weakest moment surprises him. Yeah. No, Luke, I am your father. Or, no, I am your father. Yeah. Blows his fucking mind, you know? The very dramatic scream. No. 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 Skywalker boys in their nose. Yeah. <laughs> no. It can't be true. Search your feelings, Luke. It's, you know what's funny is I actually got on YouTube recommended a whatever the YouTube version of Reels is or fucking TikToks or whatever. Uh, shorts, you know. YouTube Shorts. Yeah, YouTube Shorts. Um, a guy is filming his daughter's reaction to that and like he gets his hand cut off. She's like, oh. And then... Um, you know, he's like crawling away and Vader's talking to him and Obi-Wan never told you about your father. Uh, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. And this girl just looks at her dad and she's like, that's not true. And then Luke's like, <laughs> and then like Luke almost verbatim says the same thing. Like, no, that can't be true or whatever. <laughs> And then she's like looking back and forth between like the screen and her dad. And she's like, that's not true, is it? <laughs> and like, like I grew up on that movie. So like, I don't remember what my reaction was the first time I saw it, oh, yeah, but like, either. it's such a pivotal moment and it cements like Vader's villain status, right? Like, yeah. This is the movie that makes you truly understand that Vader is a villain. Like every time someone fails, he just like snaps their neck or fucking chokes them. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in this is him being like, Captain Pyatt, Admiral, what's his name has failed me for the last time. Get me this, do this, have this done. You know, uh, do not fail me again. Admiral, uh, Admiral Pyatt. You know, it's so like literally in the one fucking sentence, he like nonchalantly promotes him and is like, guess what happened? Your dude, your, <laughs> your superior failed. You're the guy that pointed out that this could be the rebel base. Uh, you're the admiral now. So yeah. like he does all that. He fucking whoops Luke's ass. He tortures Han for no reason other than sending the like ripples out through the force to Luke so that Luke can be fucking disturbed by it, follow it to find his friends. Like the dude is evil. He is pure evil. Yeah. Gone bad. Yeah. And it's like, it feels so good. 
to like have a character that is just evil. Yeah. It's why it hits so hard when he's like, no, Luke, I'm your father. Like, how, what do you do in that situation? Like, there's nothing you can do. He's overpowered you. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like the other, the other great thing about the movie as a whole, you know, we had a new hope and throughout a new hope we get, you know, uh, Tatooine, we get a whole lot of sand. We get the Death Star. We don't get a whole lot. Like, like with Empire Strikes Back, you get so much new, like, scenery. Like, you get to experience these, like, other planets. Like, you get Hoth. You get... Um, you know what's funny about that? Um, <clears throat> Lucas, to his visual effects team for this movie, was like... It's easy to hide mistakes in space because of the black background. Yeah. So the reason he made Hoth a snow planet was so that it would have a white background so that they would have to be on point with the visual effects. Yeah. Which ultimately is why this movie got awards for the visual effects. It got a special achievement award. Like the effects for this movie were so good that the Academy Awards went, we don't have a category for this, so you guys are just getting an award for this. <laughs> um, like, that's what those special achievement awards are for. Yeah. Uh, when something is so good at something that they don't have a category for it, but they feel it deserves an award. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you get, because um, you get Hoth. Hoth. You get Dagobah. Um, Bespin. Bespin, yep. You get these iconic locations. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's the, beautiful, man. That was it's really a like, beautiful movie. That's really with a new hope. You only got two. Yeah. Really. You got space. You got Tatooine. Tatooine, space, a little bit of Yavin. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of Yavin. Um, but no. Nah. To get back into my rant there, you also have that line uh, do not give in to hatred, right? Like, I yeah. think that's what. Obi-Wan says to Luke before he leaves Dagobah, mm-hmm. do not give any hatred. Maybe Yoda says it. I can't remember. All I wrote down was the line because I'm a monkey. And uh, <laughs> I like to partially quote things. Um, <clears throat> do not give any hatred, which is funny because Luke goes into the fight with Vader full of hatred. Like, this dude has tortured my friends. He's... Uh, He's captured them. He's imprisoned them. He's it is Obi Wan. Yes, and it's Luke. Don't give in to hate. That leads to the dark side. Yeah. So he goes into the fight, hating Vader for hurting his friends. Finds out this unbearable truth, and he loses a piece of himself, and he loses his father's lightsaber. And ultimately, like that lightsaber represents his legacy, right? Because yeah. up to this point, he had been holding his father as like a hero in his mind. Mm-hmm. He was this great starfighter pilot. He was a legendary Jedi Knight. He was a you know a he was a hero. Yeah. And then in this movie, that's ripped from him. It's literally cut off. And like he loses his naivety in that moment. He has nothing to be confident about. He's not the son of a great hero. He's the son of the galaxy's worst oppressor. 
He's yeah. the son of space Hitler, some people would put it, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, that lightsaber represents the good of Anakin, you know, of his father. And uh, with that revelation, it's completely taken from him. He's confronted with the harsh, cruel reality of, I don't know, I want to say like of life, but like of his life, you know? Yeah. Um. The only victory for Luke in this movie is that he ultimately escapes with his life. Uh, as Vader says, um, he will convert or die. And Vader knows that he's his son when he says that. Yeah. Um, I mean, my general feelings on Empire Strikes Back is that I love this one because feels more it feels like home to me mm -hmm. it feels more honest to real life like the bad guys win and they usually win more often because they out scheme you if you're a good person you're not out there just fucking scheming you know yeah. whereas bad people malicious people are you know well and they're just like they're a true force to be reckoned with i mean they've got all yeah. the shit going for he's him. Cold. He's calculating. He every move that Vader takes in this movie is calculated. Yep. Um, we talked before about some of the changes to A New Hope between versions. Um, this version, honestly, I think most of the changes to it are better. <laughs> you can pull up video of the original. Um, what the emperor looked like in the little hollow projection and I forget what the actress's name is that plays him but she's got these superimposed chimpanzee eyes over top so like it looks really fucking spooky and gross and weird and uh sort of like that yeah very monstrous yeah <laughs> uh and you can you can pull up the whole scene on youtube and find like scene to scene comparisons it's <laughs> it's kind of gross i think the most egregious change to this version is Bo boba fett's voice uh they replaced the original voice actor's voice with tamora morrison's voice mm -hmm. and i i've probably complained about this on here before but like it just doesn't have the same menace yeah. Pull up the comparisons of the voices. Oh, before. I, that one I know. Yeah. Um, I think when I was a kid, I thought it was cool that they replaced his voice because I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because, like, he. Oh, uh, I mean, it's the same as. Um, he he was Django Fett, you know, and he's a yeah. clone, so he should sound the same. But, but that yeah, was it's like, like. It's like the same as, like, Return of the Jedi where they change the. Uh, the forced ghost at the end. Yeah. Yeah. You know. How long until... <laughs> how long until they deep fake Ewan McGregor onto... Uh, <laughs> onto every scene with... Uh, Alec. Sir, uh, Sir, Sir, Sir Alec Guinness. Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so... The voice thing... Oh, dude, they also gave him extra lines. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, 
whenever Vader's like, no disintegrations. Mm -hmm. It used to be that he didn't fucking say anything. Now Tamora Morrison says something there. Uh, He says like a, as you wish, or something like that. And you're like, shut up. (laughs) He didn't say that before. Um... What else, dude? <laughs> what else? Oh, you know what? I wrote, and this must have been my feelings in the moment, uh, but I wrote, this is even more annoying after the Boba Fett show. <laughs> uh, so, like, ultimately, what's, like, what is the point of this this chapter in the story? You know, what is the point of Luke going through all of this? Uh, because... Like, he loses, loses, loses in this. He goes to get trained by Yoda. Yoda's like, I'm not going to train him. He's a fuck up. He's impatient. He's He's got his mind in the clouds. Someone had to, someone had to check him. He had to get checked. Yeah. Like, it is, it is the Empire Strikes Back. They said, hey, you got one on us. You're a little cocky now. And then they just, they had to knock him down a peg. Yeah. I mean, this chapter of the story is the crucible. Yeah. It's the... (sighs) What do they go through that forces them to learn something, you know? Mm -hmm. It's that part of the story. And And something else that struck me about this one in particular is that, like, it's very spiritual. So much of this movie is just, like, telling us what the force is. And it's not a tool, which is, like... Do the sequel trilogy movies get into like what the force is or what the purpose of the force is at all? No. No, really like, like it's it. just an aspect. It's like, yeah, Jedi can use the force. Everyone knows that. Okay, move on. Yeah. Well, in a lot of the a lot of the sequel trilogy it felt like they took it from being like it it, it felt so individually focused to Ray specifically and like her identity. Yeah. Like I don't know. It didn't feel like you're a nobody. Your parents sold you for drinking money. Actually, you're the you're the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> I f- man, what a fuck up! I liked the uh, I liked the other theories they had going before. I mean, you wanted her to, what, be Kenobi's granddaughter? Kenobi's granddaughter? Yeah, it kind of fit in the timeline, right? Because um, it was like, oh, yeah, her, maybe her parents were nobodies because Obi-Wan, you know, finally being, like, kind of fed up with the, the Jedi, like, being like, oh, like, we failed. Jedi ain't shit. Go find a woman. Have a kid. And then, like, through... Their extension, eventually, you have Ray. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I think it would it would have added like a good full circle aspect to where like you had a thing. you had a you had the, a Kenobi it's training. It's supposed a to Skywalker. be the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah, she should have been a Skywalker. I get that that's what people guessed immediately, mm-hmm. and, but like her fucking identity should never have been in question. It should have been, hey, you're Leia's daughter. Leia uh, sent you to be fucking trained 
by Luke, which is why she knows all of the fucking force shit that she does in the first movie, you know? Like, I'm off topic again. Let me get back. <laughs> My final note here, uh, honestly, like, this movie and, like, the way that the romance develops between Leia and Han in this movie makes me upset that we didn't get to see a more, like, mature and fleshed-out version of the Leia-Han relationship in the sequels, right? Because yeah. these movies are all building up Han to be a leader, right? In the first movie, uh, in A New Hope, there's a point where someone says, like, oh, we could really use you in the fight, you know? Like, you're a natural leader. And you're like, is he? And then yeah. in this one you hear it again and it's like Captain Solo, you know, and like everyone kind of looks up to him despite the fact that like he's generally kind of rude to people, you yeah. know, but like he's he's got that like I'm a mean boy, but like I'm a charismatic mean so boy, you know, like deck officer, deck officer <laughs> has <laughs> has General Skywalker uh reported in yet. He's like, "Uh no sir, but he made it come in from the other entrance." So he may have go figure it out and come back to me when you have the answer or whatever, you know, it's like something along that, those lines, you know? And then the dude comes back and he's like, uh, general Skywalker has not reported in yet. And he's like, <laughs> he goes, hops on a fucking Tauntaun and he's like, sir, your Tauntaun will freeze before you make it to the first marker. And he, <laughs> as he fucking like spurs it off, he's like, then I'll see you in hell. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's a fucking rude boy. Yeah. He's the original rude boy, you know? Yep. And people fucking love that. And like, if you're the dude who like just fucking harnessed up the <laughs> the Tauntaun and then he says that to your fucking your your manager, you're like, damn, he fucking got your ass. He said, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> like and, you know, the truth of the matter is, like, yeah, people look up to him. Like, he he is he is a natural leader. Uh, he gets the job done. Um, and then, like, you just don't see that in the sequels. He, he goes back yeah. to being a rogue and a scoundrel. Yep. Leaves his wife. Uh, it's implied, I think in the comics, he gets remarried to someone else and then, like, leaves her, too. Oh, shit. It's, it's fucking stupid, man. Like... His son went to the dark side, so he had to go back to being... His whole fucking character growth was that, like, oh, yeah, I settle down. Yeah. And I become a general, you know? Like, isn't he general solo for the fucking battle of... Uh, indoor stuff. Yeah. I believe so. Like yeah. he settles down, he becomes, he becomes a more mature character, right? Like all of these characters become more mature, uh, self-realized individuals. Yeah, and like, like that's what they. That's what like Disney, Lucasfilm, Star Wars does not get about Star Wars is that like a there is good and evil there is good you you can make decisions that make you a good person and then you will make the decisions that make you a bad person and like 
one of the funniest fucking interviews that I've watched in the past few days because I've just been like watching interviews with Kathleen Kennedy. I've been watching because I got really into what Sam Witwer was saying, he's the guy that voices Darth Maul, mm-hmm. and he was saying he has such a respect for George Lucas and the things that George Lucas has made that it's made me go back and listen to what George Lucas has said about the creative process and about his creative process in Star Wars specifically. And there's an interview with Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas sitting at the same table together. And uh, George gets into this tangent where he's like, yeah, the whole point of Star Wars is that there's good and evil in the universe. And that like your decisions decide whether or not you are good or evil. So if you're making decisions to be a good person, you are a good person. And if you're making decisions to be that are evil, you are an evil person. Like that's how this works. That is how good and evil works. And then Kathleen chimes in and goes, but you can be a good de- you can be a good person and make bad decisions. And then he just fucking like almost rolls his eyes and just goes off down like this tangent about like, yeah, you can live selfishly and make decisions that are selfish and lead you down a selfish path. And then you're a bad person. <laughs> You know, and he pretty much just like doubles down on what he says because she said that stupid fucking postmodernist shit. Oh, you can't, dude. uh, There's a quote from Celebration from one of the actors in one of these new fucking shows that are coming out. All right, that absolutely infuriated me. Okay, Mm. he says. Okay, so keep in mind that that's. That's the conversation that I, that like that in itself is why so many people are drawn to Star Wars. Okay. That, that battle between good and evil, the Mm -hmm. fact that like there is good and evil and you can see what makes someone good and evil, you know, it's their decisions. It's how they live their life. Yeah. Right. Which is true. That is a true thing. If I went home If I tell you, Scott, I'm a good guy, mm-hmm. and you believe I'm a good guy, right? And then I go home, and I punch my girlfriend in the face. Are you going to sit there and go, he's a good guy. He just made an, a bad decision. Or are you going to go, hey, actually, he might be he might be a piece of shit. Like, he was a good guy, but then I found out he punches his girlfriend in the face. He's a piece of shit. And until he does something to restitute the fact that he punches his girlfriend in the face and like stops, recognizes that that's evil, devotes himself to not punching his girlfriend in the face anymore. And on top of not just not punching his girlfriend in the face anymore, decides to be a guy that actively chooses to make good decisions that affect people's lives in a good way, he isn't going to be a good person, right? Then then you might see me again as a good person. Yeah. Like, that's how the world should function, right? Mm-hmm. No, they're, uh, they're too focused on having great characters. That's like the whole thing, isn't it? Wasn't it all about let like... Me, let me read this uh, fucking yeah. quote that one of these actors said he's all excited to be in star wars you know and someone's like oh you know yeah he says 
There's no good or evil in Star Wars. It's just what side of the line you're standing on. Let me go through some fucking actions real quick. Grand Moff Tarkin activates the Death Star, blows up Alderaan, kills millions of people in a moment. Darth Vader regularly fucking chokes people, snaps people's necks with his fucking uh, use of the force, Um, chokes people to death in front of their subordinates so that his... So the people that come to be in charge after them know what the consequence of failure is. Uh, Darth Vader in Rogue One chops up a fucking hallway full of uh, rebel office or rebel individuals. Um, Darth Vader tortures Leia in the first movie to try and figure out where the rebel base is. Tortures Han to get his son to feel it through the Force to show up. So that he can fucking uh, try to capture and convert his son to the dark side, to the uh, use and tool, the function, the fucking practical use of evil, or kill him. Kill his own son. I don't know what the word for that is, but the opposite of fratricide, the killing of a son by a father uh sacrificed on the fucking altar to the emperor right yeah uh this is my devotion to you the emperor i will convert my son to evil or i will kill him right it's biblical like that's how big this story is and then you got these fucking ding-dongs now guys nowadays going it's just the side of the line you're standing on no, it goes into they're trying to make everything like it's the whole gray Jedi thing, and then it's oh hey like not just the Empire's evil, it's the good guys buying arms from the arms dealers too, and like everyone's yeah. killing people. Like, dude, I, I don't it's, know. It's these morally bankrupt fucking idiots making this shit. Yeah. Like. Uh, I'm like, yeah. Dude, I, I've, I've done bad things in my life, right? Where I've yeah. like, I've been like, wow, that was a truly fucking shitty thing of me to do. Mm-hmm. If I keep making decisions like that, I will be a piece of shit. And I've actively sought in my life to not do that because I recognize that it not only affected me, but the people around me, right? Yeah. And like, Why is that such a hard theme to put in a show or a movie? Because they want to appeal to everyone. Because it's not a traditional value. It's too close to like a Judeo-Christian value, right? Yeah. And anything half a step within like Judeo-Christian value is morally wrong to these people. And I like you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? You can't look at like an institution like the global Catholic Church and be like, oh, there's so many things they do that are evil. And then also throw out like some of the good values that like are a half step away from it, you know? Like, like I get that a lot of people are uncomfortable with saying, like, hey, there are actions in this world that are evil. But, like, ultimately, it's true, right? Otherwise, we would not have a system of law in this country. Yeah. We would not have things like, hey, theft is wrong. Murder is wrong. 
rape is wrong. Like, evil exists. Evil exists and it's in this world, man. But we're making movies saying, oh, sometimes good people just make bad decisions because we're afraid of like hurting someone's feelings because some people are truly fucking evil. Like, what's next? Are these people going to fucking try to redeem Hitler next? Like, oh, Hitler was a dog person. He liked dogs and he was a vegetarian. Uh, He was just a good guy who made bad decisions. Like, is that what they're going to fucking say? Like, I'm exhausted having to wade through this bullshit. And like, dude, I'm not the only one, right? Like, I'm not the I'm not the only one who feels this way. Like <sighs> I I've just given up on it. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Like like the truly heinous thing is that I loved this story, right? The original trilogy, the prequels, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the original trilogy, the original trilogy is good because the themes are so strong. Right? Like that's what makes the original trilogy timeless is that the themes are so strong. Like they're these themes of like mythological importance, right? Like themes that have existed not in just like a religious context, but like they were there for like ancient Greek people. They're Mm -hmm. there for the Romans. They're there for the like these values are like discipline, self, self, uh, taking responsibility for your actions, accountability. Like, those things aren't just, they aren't, like, a modern thing, you know? Like, these knightly orders that things like the Jedi Knights are based on, like, the Knights Templar were dudes that, like, devoted themselves to living disciplined lives, you know? And while what they were devoting themselves to wasn't necessarily, like, a Zen... Uh, force like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. it was still like a holistic view of like I mean if you really dive into like really early medieval views on God it's like very similar to the like Judeo uh, the Jewish view of God which is like he's not just a big dude in the sky he's a force that exists in this universe and binds everything together. And like you and I are part of this force and this force is us and we are it, you know, like all things are one, one thing is all right. Mm -hmm. It's this holistic view of the world and the universe. And like divinity is in you as divinity is in all things. 
Choose divinity in your life. Become the greatest version of yourself that you can be. And like only by becoming the best version of yourself are you being yourself at all, right? Like if you choose to give in to selfish acts into self-destructive tendencies, you're not even a human, you're an animal. You're you're living by I mean that comes into dune, right? Like you're subhuman if you cannot choose to take the course of action that is best not only for yourself but for those around you. Yeah. And it's only by like breeding that <laughs> into the people that like will people ever become capable of like sustaining themselves into the future. Like that's that's ultimately what like the theme of Dune is, right? Is that like no form of government will ever be successful because government means that someone is in charge of someone else. Yeah. And that will always be inherently corrupt, right? So only by self-discipline and the utmost self-discipline and the... uh Oh, what's the word for it? The goodwill towards your fellow man. I can't think of the word for that right now. Uh, Like only through the combination of the two will people advance into like the next stage of humanity, right? Mm -hmm. And like we're seeing that nowadays. We're seeing like the consequences of that not being the values that people are living by nowadays. Like try to date right now. It's fucking hard. You see these apps that are just hookup apps where it's like people make a physical connection to then like destroy themselves spiritually. And I don't mean like spiritually in like a a religious sense or like anything like that. I mean like your spirits are fucking destroyed after you have a one night stand most of the time. Like dudes jerking off to fucking pornography and being like, man, sure did feel nice for like, 12 minutes afterwards, now I feel empty and alone again, you know, like it's a fucking meme, you know, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) how long have I been on the soapbox for? You've been on a, you've been on a good, a good tangent. Cause I'm frustrated because like it used to be such a strong theme in star Wars. And like now it's muddled. It's, fucking muddy and it's been dragged through the dirt yeah it is what it is and like i was gonna talk about how that even comes into like the mandalorian but like i don't even want to talk about the mandalorian anymore because like the plots have gotten to like scooby-doo levels of silliness uh it seems like they're trying to write pedro pascal out of the show and they're just trying to make uh Katie Sackhoff, the main character, which would be fine. Yeah. It's just stupid because, like, they could have just made, like, a Katie Sackhoff show. Yeah. Like, if if they would have had the foresight to be like, oh, this dude isn't going to want to play a character that just has his helmet on all the time. Or that he's going to get paid big money to go shoot The Last of Us for HBO. 
Well, that's actually a theory for this season is that he has not been in any of this season. They think that it has all been his double and that he just sat in a booth and recorded lines for the whole season. Um, Could be. To my knowledge, I don't think he's taken his helmet off this season. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Um, yeah. Uh, typically for the Mandalorian, I would go into like the plot for the episodes. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, God, man, like, yeah, if you're interested in Mandalorian culture, ignore this fucking show. Go read the Clone Commando series because it'll be like a more fulfilling uh, exploration of Mandalorian culture, which is pretty sad from a show called The Mandalorian, right? Yeah. And like, there's a line in one of these episodes that's like, oh, you know, in the fucking cameo episode with Rizzo and Jack Black, uh, <laughs> Lizzo. We had a conversation about this last Rizzo. week where I was like, I kept saying fucking Rizzo, the rat from the Muppets. <laughs> but it's Lizzo. Uh, so there's a point in this ep- in, in the episode with Jack Black where Jack Black goes like, you guys are Mandalorians. Your culture is like uh, weapons and armor, right? So like we can't take that from you because it's your culture. And like the sad part is, is that it's played as a joke there. But it is a joke because the whole fucking show has treated their culture as just weapons and armor. Yeah. Like you've you've seen a couple of like myth type things, like the mythosaur. Like, are you familiar with Mandalorian stuff at all? Mm. What's the mythosaur? I I just know it's a it's like a beast. But it's the it, it is it not their like that's their like sigil thing, right? Yeah, it's the it's that like yeah, classic Mandalorian sigil. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anything about it? Not really. Yeah, exactly. Like that's how much this show has told you about it. Yeah. Um apparently they're supposed to be extinct, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not. There's one in this this season. Uh I think I saw like a Yeah. A screenshot of that. Um yeah, I'm it, I'm counting the episodes down until they write it. Ah. Are they gonna Are they gonna ride it out of the floor of the the great cathedral and like fly away on its back? <laughs> that was a cool scene from that show. I know that's a House of the Dragon reference yeah, for anyone yeah. who hasn't seen it. Uh, spoiler alert! If you if you're gonna watch, ah shit, I just did that. Um, fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, House of the Dragon, great short, great show. There's great dragons show. in House of the Dragon. Fuck, dude, I just keep spoiling it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm counting down the episodes for them to Book of Boba Fett style, ride a fucking CGI beast and uh, fuck up some dudes that are being, I don't know, oppressive. So... Uh, man like everything about this fucking show 
is like falling apart this season, right? Like the whole thing has been, Din has been gradually building up to become Mandalore, right? To become like the rightful king of these people. Get off your phone. I'm not on my phone. Uh, (laughs) All right, so... I was going to go into a whole thing about like how important uh, adoption is for Mandalorian society, right? And how well fleshed out that is in the clone commando series. Like it's a major theme in the clone commando series. Mm -hmm. Adoption is important because the Mandalorian society is classically a martial society. So these people, the men and the women would go off to war. People die, people die in war. So like, yeah, uh, it was not uncommon for couples to be killed in battle and leave orphans behind. Yeah. So these orphans would have to be raised by the clan. And one of the highest acts of honor for a Mandalorian was to adopt like one of your, your fellow Mandalorian's children because they had been slain in battle. And yeah. to raise them in honor of their parents who died in battle and in honor of your ancestors, in honor of all Mandalorians who have come before you, died in battle and left their loved ones behind, right? Like that is a major theme of those those stories. Yeah. So this show has Din, Din Djarin, who is an adopted son of the Mandalorian people, right? He's taken in by these children of the Watch, He's raised as a Mandalorian. Uh, It's implied that as a foundling, he's given his first piece of Beskar. And uh, every other piece that he has has been earned through trial, through challenge, through jobs, through work, you know, through blood, sweat, and tears. Um. I mean, Mandalorian society is supposed to be a meritocracy, right? So, like, he, through merit, has risen in society. You can directly compare his character to Katie Sackhoff's character, Bo-Katan, who is a Mandalorian noble. She comes from nobility. She Mm -hmm. comes from a long line of Mandalorians who were Mandalorians. And I think in the first see, like the first time you see her character in the Clone Wars show, like she already has her armor, right? And I don't think she's particularly old. It's implied that because she's nobility, she has been given this armor, right? Mm-hmm. She's been given her armor. She's been given her weapons. Um, the dark saber is an heirloom of her family's. Uh, when she becomes old enough, it's supposed to be passed down to her. It's taken from her family by Moff Gideon. So uh, there's this implied she needs to go fight Moff Gideon to get it back, to have the right to rule the Mandalorian people, you know? Yeah. Because that's the myth. That's the only myth we've been given is that the Mandalorian people have the Darksaber, and the Darksaber is the symbol of their nobility, and it's the symbol of the Mandalore, and it's the... It's, it is Excalibur, right? It is Star Wars Excalibur. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Arthur is supposed to have it. He's supposed to be the one that leads his people. Everything she has has been given to her. Her armor, the Darksaber. In these 
last couple episodes, she's been given the right to rule by the armorer who says she walks in both worlds. She can take her helmet off. She can go off into exile, find other Mandalorians in exile, and she can bring them back. And we're going to lead a crusade to take back Mandalore. You know, like she's going to be our leader. Like the armor essentially says this. Yeah. Then the very next episode, they go through this whole fucking Scooby-Doo plot. Uh, Den and her show up to the her old pals, the Mandalorians, who are acting as mercenaries now. And uh, they have gone from being noble sons of Mandalore to being these fucking pirates, basically. Guns for hire. It's implied that they've dropped in, like, class. So she shows up. She's going to re-elevate them. Uh, all episode, by the way, for the Scooby-Doo plot, she keeps giving Din a hard time. She's like, oh, you know, like, uh, let me do things my way, you know? The the Ugnaughts, the... He's over there, like kicking droids over, and she's like, "You don't have to solve everything with force." We get to the end of the episode. Uh, she goes, "Hey, my old Mando pals, uh, come back into the fold." And the dude, his name's like Axes Wolves or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, you got no right to rule." And now it's my time, or some sense of that. And uh, she goes, I challenge you for the right to rule. And then they fight. And she tries to solve her problem with violence. And it doesn't work. Uh, At the end of the fight, she whoops his ass and goes, okay, I won. And then he goes, what's the point? You don't even have the dark saber. He has it. You should have challenged him to get the right to have to lead us, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then Din steps up and he goes, actually, when we revisited Mandalore to bathe in the waters or whatever, I was taken captured by an enemy and she, and I lost the dark saber. And technically... Uh, the I lost it to my enemy, and then she took it back and defeated the enemy. And so by all rights, it should be hers, right? That's how it works. And they're like, mm, yeah, that's how it works. And he's like, then here, this should be yours. He gives her the fucking darksaber. Mm-hmm. So now he has given her the darksaber. He has given her the right to rule back, right? So you take this character, right? who all episode, he sits down with the Ugnaughts because he appreciates their culture. He knows how to communicate with them in a way to get them to help them find this malfunctioning droid, right? Uh, Bo-Katan couldn't communicate with them. She's haughty and she uh, is coming down. Uh, They don't respect her because she doesn't respect them. Mm -hmm. He respects them. He gets the job done. They respect him, give him the information. They go off on their way. They go find these droids. Uh, she's trying to talk to the droid that's in charge. And it's like, yeah, I've had all the droids serviced. All of them have been serviced recently. Here's the certificates for it. Dinja starts fucking kicking these like retired super battle droids that are acting as loaders now. 
And she's like, uh, what are you doing? He fucking kicks one over and it fucking like punches him and then starts running off. And that the whole thing is like, these things have been acting up. They're violent. He chases it down. They have like a pseudo Blade Runner. Like it's an homage to Blade Runner, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you've got this robot that has been like trying to act normal and they chase it down like a neon lit side street. And eventually they fucking blast this thing. They get the information they need. They move on. Den's way is what solved it, right? Like, so every step of the way, what Den is doing is getting the job done. They go to this fucking droid bar. Uh, the droids won't talk to them. They're like, yeah, leave, please. Um, <laughs> Den pulls a fucking gun on one of them and is like, start talking or I'm going to start fucking shooting. And she's like, what are you doing? You don't have to solve problems with violence. You know, it's like two times over now. Like, you don't have to solve your problems with violence. And uh, the droid goes, don't hurt anyone. It gives them the information they need. They move on. Like, time and time again, Din is doing what's necessary to get the job done. And it's his methods, not Bo-Katan's methods, that get the job done. And even to the final fucking moments of the episode, it's not Bo-Katan challenging. It's Din going, here's the Darksaber. Now you have the right to lead. It's him getting the job done. And Din is this character that even in the first seasons, right, was sitting down with Jawas, communicating with Jawas, who, like, in the Star Wars universe are seen as these, like, little fucking rat people who go around and steal parts off your your speeder, right? Mm -hmm. He sits down with them, communicates with them, earns their respect. They respect him. Jobs get done. And, like, Din is this guy that goes around respecting other people's cultures and, like taking their culture in, learning from it, becoming a better person for it, moving on, right? So you're taking this character, like it's just such, it's such a lost opportunity because you can see what they're doing. They're doing whatever was mandated by Lucasfilm. They're gonna make Bo-Katan the leader of the Mandalorians, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Unless they pull a complete fucking 180 in the next two episodes or in the next season, which I I do not see them doing because at every step of the way, Lucasfilm has been going, women, women in charge. The force is female. You got all these pictures like Kathleen Kennedy in a writing room full of all women and they're all wearing these shirts that say the force is female and that kind of stuff. Like a man cannot be in charge. The Mandalore will not be male. I'm telling you that now. So they had this story that was building up Din to be King Arthur, to be Mandalore, to unite his people and to reclaim their homeland. And they're going to fucking kneecap it to make Bo-Katan the Mandalore and the Mandalorian. Uh, everyone keeps saying like she's becoming the main character and she's going to be the main character, which is hard to argue with, with the direction that the season has been going. Yeah. So like, it's just such a missed opportunity to tell a Mandalorian story about the importance of adoption in Mandalorian society and how like truly egalitarian in nature an adopted son becoming the Mandalore or the rightful king, the the president of these people, right? Like, you're fucking yourselves over, you know, to tell a good story. Yeah. 
Sorry, that was long-winded. <laughs> I mean, what? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because <laughs> no, I haven't been following the Mandalorian for a minute now. But like, what do you think about like those plot points? I guess and like, it just sounds like a clusterfuck to me. Especially, I I don't know. You you sent me the the whole reel that was about like there's six different plots going on at the same time. It's like, can't we just like can we focus and and then. Yeah, I think it's dumb. You you had a great character and and the show was going great and now it's like you're you're pivoting and tr- changing up everything. Yeah, I truly do not understand why they're trying to work in the the emperor's cloning stuff. Yeah. And the rise of the f- the first order? Mm-hmm. Uh I don't get why they're trying to work that stuff into this show. Because they, they just want it for continuity and to be like, oh, yeah, this was a thing happening. Like, it was it was definitely happening. Yeah. But if all of this is supposed to culminate with Thrawn, Thrawn's not going to be, like, a First Order character. He's going to be, like, a... I mean, dude, he's going to be, like, the South will rise again. Like, one of those kinds of characters, but for the Empire. Yeah. Right? Like, he's heir to the Empire. He's not First Order. Yeah. So uh, I <sighs> sounds like a clusterfuck. Good lord, I just don't know what they're doing. I don't know. Um, do you want to do, do, do you want to move on to irrelevant? You got anything? No. Neither do I. I'm. I've been so like inundated with Star Wars stuff. Uh, I haven't started any new books since I finished uh, Roadside Picnic. Yeah. Um, no, I've been kind of thinking about doing some of these High Republic books, but I just I don't even want to fucking give these authors money because, like, the books I love have been removed from canon, and now we're getting fucking Star Wars books about oh. Oh my God, dude. I watched a video today about the timeline for the High Republic stories, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got like three, three fucking times, times or something, right? So like the first era of these High Republic books is like 150 years before the Battle of Yavin, right? So it's going to be like 50 years before... uh the Acolyte. Mm-hmm. Then, Era 2 is like 350 years before that, I think? And now, Era 3 that they're getting into is fi- is 15 years after the Era 1 stuff. Yeah. So, like, their timeline is all sorts of all over the place. And at least with the old stuff, like the old Star Wars stuff... Mm-hmm. They have, like, the timeline in the book that you could open up and be like, okay, I'm going to buy books from, like, this era. But, like, if they're releasing these in clusters of, like, all of these books are taking place at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God. It's just, it's such a headache to be like, where do I even start with this? Because, like, I don't, they don't, A, they don't sound interesting to begin with. I'm a science fiction fan, right? Mm -hmm. I even read the fucking Star Wars books that were like the zombie story versions of Star Wars books, right? Yeah. Which I think were like Death Trooper and 
I can't remember what the second one was, but the second one was much better because it took place in the old Republic and it was fucking sick because it was, uh, it was around the same time as like the Revan stuff and, uh, the events of like the old Republic, the game, I should say. Um, and nothing that I've heard about these High Republic books get me interested whatsoever. Yeah. And, like, I know people that have read some, and they're like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But, like, at the same time, there are people that are not particularly critical of these things, right? So it's difficult for me to uh, take their word. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> I didn't even get a chance to start Dune, so I don't. I couldn't find a copy, like the copy I have. Just go buy it, man. You can go to yeah. any used bookstore. Well, and you'll Michael find and a copy I think I think Michael or V has my copy, and I don't know. I told them to get it to me before my flight. I don't you know. You guys live in the same apartment. Just go in there. I know. I'm not trying to go through their stuff. Just go through their stuff. But, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, um, well, I guess we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, as always, want to say thank you to uh, the Foundry and to Kyle for recording us. Um, yeah. Many kisses. He's the sweetest boy uh, Kyle is. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tall, so strong. Um, Does he work out? Probably. Probably. I know he surfs. So yeah. That's all we got. Uh, Until next time. I'm your favorite host, Andrew Weaver. With me is your least favorite host, uh, Scott, Scott Kelly. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. If you've listened this far, and if you didn't listen this far, that's kind of rude. Um, follow us on... Um, subscribe to our Patreon. (laughs) Subscribe to our Patreon. Are you setting that up? Nope. All right. (laughs) We're never going to have one. They're just going to have to go look for it. What? I mean, if people want us to have a Patreon, we'll make one. I don't... I feel weird. I would rather sell, like, merch or something so that people actually get something. That's right. Um, Or we can give them shout-outs. Yeah. I mean, I would rather find like a cool artist that we could collab with and get like some shirts or something. Buy our merch. Buy our merch if we ever get merch. <laughs> if it's 2029 and you're listening and you made it this far and ask, find me on the internet and ask if I'm doing okay. Cause I'm probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Give me kisses. I love you. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.